my son was really thankful that I think uh, Beth Pearson stepped up and she went to camp all week with them and helped prepare meals and so that was a big shot in the arm because I think Doug Pearson was out of town preaching and so she got to go with our church. Yeah, the weather was good. And did you get that sheet? Yes, I gave it to Pam already. Uh, Pam and Kelly are going to be out at the table this morning. All right. Well, who knows what chapter of Jeremiah we're in today? Oh, you're going the wrong way. It's 21. <laughs> Yeah, you can you help go give everybody one? Yeah. I can just pass yeah. it back. So, uh, I thought I would... I know you can't see this very good. I'm trying to think if there's any other announcements. I know uh, we got to help Carol's daughter move yesterday. And that, that went well. And so... Uh, Deborah is now in a new place, and Matt and Marcy helped, and Tom helped. Tom's has to work this morning, so Tom couldn't be here. But uh, Marcy said it was fun. Marcy. So that that tells you a lot about her. She likes moving people in 100 degree weather. So there's just something not right with her. But we love her. Well, I didn't tell my wife that, but yeah. He's keeping in. I just got going too fast and I fell down and. And Matt pushed the file cabinet so it didn't fall on me. He likes to get hurt when he helps people move. What were you going to say? Yes. Did she get moved? I left in the afternoon. There was no one yet to help her move furniture. Just me. And... Well, we needed to help her, too. She didn't ask. I guess I assumed she kind of had it under control. I heard she was going to move. Well, hopefully she... Uh... Wow, well, I'll, I'll talk to her. <clears throat> so thank you for telling me that, Pam, because I was, I was going to text her and see how it went. But, uh... <clears throat> all right, so be turning to Jeremiah chapter 21. And uh, we found last week that our hero Jeremiah, he kind of got beat up by a guy named Pashur. And there's a different Pashur that we're going to read about this morning. And uh, would somebody read verses 1 and 2 of Jeremiah chapter 21? Let me get there too. Jeremiah 21. The word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah said unto him, Pashur the son of Melchiah and Zephaniah the son of Maziah the priest, saying, Inquire, I pray thee, of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, maketh war against us, if so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works, that he may go up from us. Right, so we shift gears a little bit here. 
let's see here. Now, Jim, I think I'm gonna have to get uh, back from that view. Okay. If that'll. Um, I don't know if, how well you can see. So, uh, here's a good question. How many presidents has our country had? You get those. 46. Oh. Yep. Yeah, Trump was 45th. So you got to get a Twix here. So now does anybody know how many kings Israel had? Depends on the cow and the woman. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, well, I didn't ask that very good. So, there was, uh, I've got 19 kings of Israel and 20 kings of Judah and then three that were overall. So, how many would that be all together? Uh, 42 ish. Um, so anyway, but but this was over a span. <clears throat> who who's the first king? Not you, <laughs> Del <Dale> Lytle. <laughs> you Del Lytle me. How many? Saul. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And, and you guys get. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get three. <laughs> All right. So that. Was, so if Saul was the first king. He's hung up on the chair. I think. That's all right. That's all right. Are you all right? Yep, I'm all right. Oh, oh now you're hung up on that cord. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're too many, too many cords. This, this was this was approximately 1100 years before Christ, and uh, what what we're reading about here are right, who is the last king of Israel. Or of all the kings, Ooh, I'm not good. <laughs> you should be very good. You just read it. You got to give that to, sir. Uh, to uh, so uh, Zedekiah here. He was their last. That's what Angie just read. In. Uh, no, it doesn't say it. Oh, well, Second Chronicles 36. He said, you just read it. I didn't read that oh, part. I yeah. don't know. Um, and I, I think it was around uh, 586 B.C. So what is that? Uh, it's over 500 years. So the, these kings obviously reigned more than our presidents, you know, uh, four or eight year term uh, you know so, so the, the, I think it's Manasseh that, that reigned uh, 55 years he was the longest <clears throat> so uh, now was Zedekiah a king over the the two tribes or the ten tribes Pat you got to know this one Huh? It was. Here, can you uh, just go give them to uh, Chuck and Pat? 
so yeah, so at can you even read that pad or no? Not very good. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Well, let me go down here to the bottom. So I learned something this morning that I that I kind of got to add to my chart, but uh, I, I'm reading in the book of Micah, and he was. Where's that pointer at? So Micah, he prophesied during the reign of these three kings. And what I didn't know is he's a, he is contemporary with Isaiah. Because Isaiah, he ministered during this time. But he was, and, and I think he was to these kings as well. At least the first two maybe. But Anyway, uh, so we're right at the end of the kings, and you'll see the last name is Zedekiah. And we're going to read this here in a minute where uh, Nebuchadnezzar actually changed his name to Zedekiah. It was Mataniah. But anyway, uh, the previous chapter, it was King Jehoiachin had sent Pasher to uh, to smite Jeremiah, and Jeremiah spent the night in stocks, and so Jeremiah is going through persecution in just the previous chapter, and uh, I read that Jeremiah is not chronological because uh, in about five more chapters we're going to talk about this guy again. So Jer- Jeremiah is written not quite chronological. So we just talked about this and now we're talking about this but we're going to go back to that guy uh, in chapter 25 I think it is but anyway we got about 500-600 years and you know 42 or 3 kings and we're, we're right at the end of it and Jeremiah is the prophet and and I failed to get some more binders but uh, does anybody know what prophet he is called what is Jeremiah is called the something prophet yeah yeah I didn't know is that right you mean within the book Jeremiah yeah it's not chronological right it jumps back right. yeah it does does it jump back and forth with other another prophet I think Not as much as Jeremiah, it really is out of sequence. It, it does. It does talk about these last three kings, so Jehoiakim and, and and I'm really excited to talk about Kaniah. When there's a really interesting thing about uh, Jehoiachin, Jeconiah, Kaniah. These are all the same person. Yeah. And. Uh, but yeah, just within the book, it is not chronological. Yeah, different so, so let me ask you this question. Is it because that, that, that something dramatic happened for God to change huh. them and change wow. the character So why did it go back to the people? I don't know. I brought this up uh, one week just... And you've heard, you've heard the phrase oriental mindset where... Mm-hmm. It's talking about a topic, and it, it might talk about this thing, and then this thing, and so you know we think linear. That's more circular, I've heard. Is that right? And they think so. That's the only way. I, but I don't know why it jumps around a little. I. 
I'm, I'm kind of figuring it out as we go too, so I'm learning. Uh, Jeremiah 1.9 tells us that God put his words in Jeremiah's mouth and asked him to tell the people these things. Yes. So it wasn't about Jeremiah's story or his journey or anything. It was he was God's messenger. Yes. Things that God was telling the people are things that had happened mm-hmm. to happen. So. Right, right. It's just proclamation of his. Right. That's good. And, uh,. So, so what type of prophet was he? What did? What did you say? I thought he was called the weeping prophet. Yeah, he's been called the weeping prophet. Is that what you were going to say? What were you going to say? No, I was thinking the book is pre-exilic. Oh, okay, yeah, pre-exilic. Wow, I can't believe you got that one. So you got to get one too. You got to have dark chocolate. I don't know if you like <laughs> dark chocolate for that thought. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you caught that. Pam was saying that uh, Jeremiah is considered one of uh, several pre-exilic books, meaning pre-exile, before they went into exile into Babylon. And several of the prophets were. And uh, and then Sherry mentioned that Jeremiah has been called the weeping prophet, and uh, more than once, at least probably three or four, if not a half dozen times, he really wept for his people. And uh, if you've ever wept for someone, you you know uh, he's just uh, filled with sorrow for his country. He's very patriotic, and he loves the Lord. He loves his people, and you know it grieves him to have to tell them that destruction is coming. And and yet uh, he does, and it did, and. Um, Jim has mentioned several times, and and I'm starting to see this more, that Jeremiah did have a little bit of a network of other believers that, uh, what's his name, Basha or Basha? Barak. 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 He was a scribe guy. The scribe that helped write the uh, the words. The Ethiopian guy that got him out of the dungeon. Yeah. There was a guy that helped pull him out of the dungeon, and and, uh, we believe he was even... He was even maybe uh, grew up with Josiah a little bit. So so jo, uh, Jeremiah knew Josiah. And so, and there, there's a prophet named Zephaniah that he's got a book in the Bible and he was contemporary with these guys. So there's really pockets of believers within an idolatrous nation. And I, so these are things that help me decide to speak about Jeremiah and teach through the book is because we can kind of relate with that, can't we? We, we? we feel like our country's going down the tubes and it's hard to know what to believe sometimes and so we're just kind of clinging to the word, we're clinging to each other and Pat talked about that Friday night, just the network of uh, roots in sequoia trees and how massive and tall and heavy they are and yet their root system is not that deep but they're weaving together and they help hold one another up and so uh, anyway uh, just some good thoughts kind of leading into this and I've kind of did a little study about uh, Zedekiah at the end of our time but uh, here in verse 2 that Angie read uh, 
the king Zedekiah sent these two guys, Pasher and Zephaniah. This is not the Zephaniah of the book of the Bible. But in verse 2, Zedekiah is telling these men to ask Jeremiah to inquire, I pray thee of the Lord for us. For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, maketh war against us. If so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works, that he may go up from us. And so this is a good thing. Uh, Zedekiah does have his failings, and we'll see that. But he's sending guys, he's like, you know, Jeremiah, pray, inquire of the Lord for us. You're the prophet of God. And maybe, uh, maybe it'll be that. Nebuchadnezzar will go up from us. And so what I had you put in your blank is the word ambassadors. So Zedekiah sent these two ambassadors. <clears throat> and uh, we, we know that that's a Bible word. Uh, it doesn't use it right here. <clears throat> And uh, under your teaching point, I gave you Webster's Dictionary, uh, a definition of ambassador, or uh, in the 1828, it it spells it ambassador with an E. That's where we get uh, embassies. That's where we get the word embassy is from ambassadors. And it, uh, Webster says, a minister of the highest rank employed by one prince or state at the court of another. And if you think about it like this, you know, we're sending four ambassadors of Heartland Baptist Fellowship to Boston. Oh, cool. That's good. Aren't we? Yes. And uh, they, they have our, I mean, even our pastor, but uh, he's allowing Chris to lead the trip. You know, Chris is one of our uh, Bible Institute students. And uh, part of the qualifications to graduate from our Bible Institute is to go on a foreign mission trip. And uh, Chris has some things that he's not able to go out of the country. And so Brian is counting this as part of his qualifications to graduate from HBI. And so uh, so we're going to the state of another. So these are representatives of Heartland Baptist Fellowship going to Boston. And they are representing us. Uh, in another state, in this in this case, usually we think of uh, foreign in foreign fields. Uh, you know, we have missionaries in other countries, and uh, so they are to manage the public concerns of his own prince or state, and representing the power and dignity of his sovereign. So I think that was word for word uh, the definition out of Webster's there, and. Uh, my teaching point there is we too are ambassadors and we're sent to minister. The word minister goes in your second blank. And let's all look at 2 Corinthians 5. I think this is an important topic to just camp out on for a minute. 2 Corinthians 5. <clears throat> And we might want to read more verses. Uh, Pat, I may have you read here. 2 Corinthians 5. Just start at 17 and go through the end of the chapter, if you would. This is all good if if you can follow along there with us. Everybody there? 
That's good. So verse 20 mentions that ambassadors and it, it says we're ambassadors for Christ. So we are representing Christ on earth, aren't we? It, it actually says we're here instead of Christ. We're, we're, in, we're in Christ's stead and, uh, and, and we're to minister. What is it? What did Pat, did you read that we're, we are to minister? And uh, well, what does it say there that you just read it? Uh, it's the the ministry of reconciliation. So we're 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 to encourage people to be reconciled to God as we have been reconciled. And so anyway, I, I kind of springboard a little bit off of Jeremiah there, and you know Zedekiah is just trying to get out of Babylonian taking him over. But I just thought it was kind of a wise thing that he did to send ambassadors to have Jeremiah pray for them and uh, I just thought it was a good time to mention hey essentially Jesus, King Jesus is sending us as ambassadors with this ministry of reconciliation and uh, you know I, I think I think something else I read there with Daniel Webster. He he said that when these ambassadors go, when they get there, they're called ministers, like well, the ministry of the interior, yeah, prime minister. Or, so they're ambassadors, but when they get there, they're called ministers. I just thought that was kind of neat that he said that like that. Jim pointed out. He even uh, said one time that uh, ambassadors also a qualified diplomat. So we would be, that's what we should want to become. Yeah. A qualified diplomat. Yep. Um, Yeah, to grow into our position and very good. Well, let's let's go back to uh, Jeremiah. Is there any other thoughts around that? It's really good to think about these things and principles. Uh, it's a relatively short chapter here in Jeremiah 21. There's only 14 verses, I think. But uh, there's several good truths mentioned. So somebody read for us, if they would, verses 3 through 7 of Jeremiah 21. Then said Jeremiah unto them, Thus shall ye say to Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, wherewith ye fight against the king of Babylon and against 
uh, uh, Chaldeans. Chaldeans, which besieged you without the walls, and I will assemble them into the midst of the city. And my and I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger and in fury and in great wrath. And I will I will smite the inhabitants of the city, both man and beast. They shall die of a great pestilence. And afterwards, saith the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his servants, and the people, and such as are left in the city from the pestilence, from the sword, and from the famine, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of their enemies, and into the hand of those that seek their life. And he shall smite them with the edge of the sword. He, he shall not spare them, neither have pity, nor have mercy. Yeah, so he he doesn't respond too well to these ambassadors. He's like, go tell Zedekiah it's too late. The enemy's coming. We're going to assemble them in the middle of the city. Right now they're outside the walls. They're coming in. We're not going to spare. People are going to die of famine, the sword, and this pestilence. And uh, one thing I thought was interesting, and you, you may be able to uh, add more insight. Just a second here. Okay. I just thought this, I, I, I probably picked up on it before, but. This Nebuchadnezzar is spelled two different ways. There's one has an R and one has an N. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if it's A or E, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to point out it. It is the same person, so I I don't know if it has to do with you know the uh, the Chaldean language or a Hebrew Probably does. mixture. It's like son of Nebu or servant of Nebu is what it means. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was about to see it being translated. It is spelled different in the Bible. J- Jim's saying it's uh, it means son of Nebu. Yeah, Neb- Neb- or Nebu. In the beginning, it was one of their gods, the Babylonian gods. Oh, okay. So, and the rest of it is like servant of or son of. So, so servant of Nebu or. Yeah, that's what that word is. Okay. Means. And it's spelled a couple different ways in the Bible. So, anyway, I just looked it up in the Strong's, and the Strong says that one is just a variant reading of the other, so it is. Is the same guy. Um, so the, my my point here, I gave you a teaching point here, right at the end of verse seven that Marcy read. <coughs> is uh, <coughs> it mentions the word mercy right at the end? It's like uh, Nebuchadnezzar is not going to spare you or have pity upon you, and and they're not going to have any mercy. So, uh, it's like, you know, putting, putting a, yeah, no mercy, no mercy. And, and it's kind of interesting, the backstory, I don't want to get off too much, but, but when you look at the list of kings, Josiah, 
down to Zedekiah. It looks like it'd be a long time, but it really ain't because all those boys, those are all sons and grandsons of Josiah. Yeah. And they were all installed by Nebuchadnezzar as puppet kings. He put them in power to give tribute to him, and they didn't. That's why he's coming back, because he's finally had enough. Okay, I didn't know he assigned more. I knew he assigned at least Zedekiah. Yeah, guys, the Jehoahaz and Jehoiakim. He would come in during his three sieges and put in his own guy. Okay. And they're all like sons and grandsons of Josiah. Yeah, I've learned that through this too. So it's... Yeah. He was merciful for a while. Yeah. Never was. He had enough too. So, so my point is just that our enemy doesn't show us any mercy either, does he? You know, the the thief is not come except to kill, steal, and destroy, and um, and you know, certain things that people say stick out with us. And when I started doing the jail ministry with Pastor Brian. Uh, back in late 2005. I don't even know what we were talking about. I think it was after we had been in the jail and we just talked about, boy, this is a terrible situation. You know, the husband's in there, but this is going on with his family outside. And, and Brian was just like, you know, the, the devil doesn't want to just incarcerate the husband. He wants to see the family go hungry and he wants the kids to you know be killed and I don't know just he's like the devil just has no mercy and so I was just thinking of that as as you read this it's pretty bleak I mean this is the this is the the message that went back to Zedekiah when asking to pray pray God for mercy and Jeremiah saying, you know, the enemy's not going to show you any mercy. In fact, God's going to fight against you himself. So it's just a pretty, very sobering portion of Scripture. And uh, so the word mercy goes in your blank. But so he does offer this way of life here in verses 8 through 10. If I can get somebody to read 8 through 10. Uh, Pam, do you, would you read 21, 8 through 10? Uh, Uh, verse 10, yeah, also. For I have set my face against this city for evil and not for good, saith the Lord. It shall be given unto the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. Thank you. So what what was so that's what in verse eight it says, Thus saith the Lord, Behold I set before you the way of life and the way of death. So what is the way of life that he mentions here in verse nine? Surrendering. Yep, you need to surrender and go out of this. So, I think he mentions the way of death first. Here is is to stay in the city and die. So, the word in goes in your first blank, and the word out goes in your second blank. 
So this was the way of life and death that Jeremiah was speaking is like stay in the city and die by the sword or the famine or the pestilence or go out of the city and uh, fall prey to the Chaldeans and you'll live. So that was the way of life for them. And, uh, you know, I, I was reading in Micah just this morning and uh, Micah prophesies that that they're going to be delivered while they're in Babylon. And I just thought that was interesting. Something broke in them by being by this remnant going into captivity. And uh, God used that to bring deliverance to them uh, by being in captivity. And, and, and so it is uh, with addiction oftentimes. Uh, you know, going to jail, you know, some of these low points is what God uses to break break us. And uh, what do you think goes in the blank there? My teaching point at the, end, the bottom of page one there. That's real close. It, it's the opposite of victory, you think. Sometimes victory is found by... Jim said it, it, it. It's real close. Persecution, defeat. Surrendering. Surrendering. We don't think like that, but just the word surrender, that that allowed them to live by surrendering. And, and you know, sometimes we fight against things that we just need to surrender to. You know... Uh, the Bible says that sometimes we were at enmity with the Lord. We were we were fighting against Him, and hopefully everyone in here has surrendered their life to the Lord. Uh, I got to hear a little bit about Matt's testimony yesterday, and when he gave his life to Christ, even recently this year, right? And uh, yeah, he he was on a, in a bad way, and the Lord had been working on him, and he just surrendered, didn't you? And you gave your life to Christ, and. Uh, so anyway, I just thought that was a good point there. That that's what Jeremiah is telling his people to do, and they're still saying, you know, Jerusalem is God's city, and we're His people, and you know, there was still that element of pride, or I can do it, or I can fix it, and we can win this war. But ultimately, Jeremiah said, no, you just need to surrender and uh, go into captivity, and God will use that to deliver you. So, any other thoughts there? That's very thought-provoking, isn't it? This yeah, yeah, that's good. Right. Some, it's thank you. Huh? It's hard to do. It is hard to do. Yeah. 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 It's the true definition of surrender. I know what it hmm. sort of is, but what would be the true definition? Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I was going to give everybody a little white flag today. I, I, I didn't oh, think yeah. to... Do you, do you have Webster's? No, I do have that. Uh, I thought I gave up control. Yeah. I'm sure element of repentance there. Or... 1828. 1828 Webster. Okay. That'd be a good one. Surrender or surrendering? Surrender. Yeah, you want to read that for us nice and loud? Uh-huh. 
yielding or giving up to the power of another, resigning. And yielding and uh-huh. so, yeah, even probably the circumstance leading up to your surrendering, it it's it stinks, doesn't it? I mean. Just start back where it is. Everything can be better. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of you know my testimony a little bit. Just, you know, in 1983, we went broke farming. And and that was super hard because I was kind of at odds with my own dad. And it was a year after we got married. We got married in 82. We're going to have our 39th anniversary next week, the, oh, cool. the 14th. Saturday. Huh? This Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday. But uh, so in 1983, I kind of got into it with my dad and went out farming on my own and kind of lost everything. And and boy, that was humbling just because then I went back and worked for my dad for a couple more years. I kind of had to, you know, we lived in his house and... And, yeah, we lived in one of his, he had two houses and we lived in one of them. But uh, he thinks he's going to have to doze it in here in the next couple of years. So the house we got married in had our little boy Luke in. And but uh, anyway, but even just the weather seemed like everything was against us. And maybe you felt this way before. You, it's like you know everything you try to trust in or count on is being taken away but yeah once you yield and surrender and then God blesses you and cleans you up on the inside and it manifests itself outward and fixes some relationships and so anyway it's just a wonderful thing but can you tell us why you keep using the old dictionary yeah uh, so you know uh I think the Webster's Dictionary, it was Daniel, but his dad was Noah, wasn't it? Noah Webster. And uh, he he uses a lot of scripture even in the dictionary. So that that's kind of why. We, and, you know, it's just a little closer to the Elizabethan English that our King James Bible is written in. And so it, it you know, it go back to 1828 and our Bible is 1611. So... The, the, the English language a little more pure, maybe. Pure, yeah, yeah. It's only two hundred years, a couple generations. Noah Webster was a believer, so when it, that those those definitions that he uses would be the same definitions that translators would have used. Yeah. You know, when they chose words. That's how they spoke. Yeah, and like you said, it's really cool to go to the eighteen twenty-eight when you're when you find a verse you want to see like surrender, and then you find the verse that you're actually reading is referenced by Noah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool when that happens. Yeah, the Webster's Dictionary would even use verses, and you're saying even a verse that you're studying was yeah. the definition verse. Yeah. Of how it was used. So. Well, I was told that they have changed the dictionary and a lot of times the, the first yes. definition is now the second definition oh. and they've oh. yeah his son Daniel sold out and, and started changing things and, and the definitions and the words we use now aren't like the original from 1611 huh. so that's why Noah's is so good Okay, yeah, so th- don't have an old dictionary yeah. well, it's online it, it's an app that you can put on your phone 
Yeah. But you can still get the. You can go like to thrifty books, or mm-hmm. you can still get the dictionary. The most, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Noah's really cool. He's the one that started our public school system. He's based after all the work he did. I mean, he was really, you know, a genius educator hmm. with the English language. Hmm. Yeah. He let scripture define scripture. Yeah. I mean, that's what. Yeah. yeah. The definition's actually the same for surrendering in the other dictionary, but I'm sure there are some that are not. Yeah. Maybe. Good, good question. Yeah. That's, that's good to ponder these things. Uh, somebody else, uh, would somebody else read this last section, the 11 through 14? Uh, yeah, Pam Jackson, you haven't read yet. 11 through 14, would you? And touching the house of the king of Judah, say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of David, thus saith the Lord. Execute judgment in the morning and deliver him that is spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor, lest my fury go out like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Behold, I am against thee, O inhabitant of the valley and rock of the plain, saith the Lord, which say, Who shall come down against us, or who shall enter into the habitations? But I will punish you according to the fruit of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will kindle a fire in the forest thereof, and it shall devour all things around about. Thank you. So uh, the previous section dealt more with uh, the city and the people, but this last section that Pam read was something directly to Zedekiah and his household. And what I kind of gleaned from this you know, in verse 11, and touching the house of the king of Judah, say, hear ye the word of the Lord. And verse 12 is what he says to him, O house of David. And this is important. You know, David is one of the kings here in the line of, uh, of Judah. He was of the tribe of Judah. And uh, really probably the greatest king that Israel had. And so it says... Uh, the Lord is commanding Zedekiah now as in being in the lineage of this house of David. He, he wants him to execute judgment in the morning and deliver him that is spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor. And uh, uh, the thing I was reading is, is saying is saying this right here. <clears throat> this uh, He's saying, uh, let people go out into the hand of the oppressor. He says, in the morning... So even though this destruction and and the enemy is coming, it seems like God is giving Zedekiah this little way of escape. And, and, And that's what I had you put in your blank there, is God offered Zedekiah a way of escape just like he does for us. And he, he did not heed that warning, and he did not execute judgment. In, in fact, he kind of rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, who had appointed him king. And, uh, you know, they, they ended up, you know, Zedekiah, we'll read about his 
uh, demise uh, here, here in this last section. So, anyway, I want you to see that. Let's all turn to the First Corinthians. This is. Uh, I think this is one of our discipleship memory verses, 1 Corinthians 10. And it's really a good passage to understand temptation, 1 Corinthians 10.13. And uh, I'll see if I can quote it. Who's, who's got it? Let's see if I got it right here. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make way of escape, also. that ye may be able to bear it. That's, that's pretty close. I have a couple words. With the temptation, also make a way to escape. Okay. Yeah. Nailed it. So, uh, anyway, uh, God was offering him a way of escape. And think think about this in our own life. Uh, I know my... uh, my previous boss was a Christian, and and uh, some of you know Craig. And I remember him saying, you know, Steve, because he struggled with alcohol for a while, and he said, Steve, you know, I just found it. If I would, when I was tempted, if I would just pause for about seven seconds and just pray, it seemed like I'd get victory over that temptation. And I just thought that that was kind of his way of escape. That's what I'm saying here, and. I was discipling a guy once, and he uh, he uh, was tempted to sleep with this lady, and, and he did. And I, I said, "Well, brother," I said, "In the middle of that, I said, do you feel like God gave you a way of escape?" And he did. He's like, "Yeah, I know the exact time when I had a chance to just, you know, cut it off and just go no further." And uh, I, anyway, I just thought that was, uh, and, and we know that to be true. I don't know, can anybody else think of an example in their own life where God gave them a way of, of escape? And maybe you took it, maybe you didn't, but uh, something you want to share as we're talking about it? We're, we're reading Zedekiah was given a chance. He, God's saying like, Zedekiah, in the morning, if you'll execute judgment... You know, you're going to be spared, or you know, if you let people go free, this this can be have a good good ending. But if not, then judgment's coming. But um, anything in particular? I don't know. It's hard to think. Uh, I've had more time to think about it. But let's look a little bit about Zedekiah now. Um, so that that was a little bit about temptation. And I guess I would say with that even, I think sometimes people think, you know, I'm the only one going through this. And it, it says right there that there's no temptation that's taken you or got, got a hold of you that's not common to other people. Uh, there's no temptation taking, but it's common to man. It's common to a lot of people may struggle with the same thing. Uh, but it mentions, our, you know, our God is faithful, and He He will not suffer or allow us to be tempted uh, more than we're able to bear. 
because uh, when it gets unbearable, then he makes this way of escape so that we can be able to bear it and uh, he, he can lead us out. Some people can misapply that, though, because they expect, just like the story with the boat coming by and, you know, the man in the flood, it doesn't mean that he's going to pluck you out of that. Yeah. It means that he gives you... Uh, another option he but you have to choose it it has to be hmm. you you your volition that. to yeah you have to follow uh, him yeah yeah so, so the guy on the rooftop uh, remind me of the story like there's a flood and he has to go up on his roof and yeah. he's praying that God will save him from the flood yeah yeah. And a boat boat goes by. Goes by, and uh, yeah. something else comes by. And a helicopter comes yeah. over, yeah. and he's like, "No, I'm waiting on the Lord to save me." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he rejects all the help, just like the Lord will pick him up. Yeah. But he has to actually allow others to rescue him. He's looking for a big miraculous yeah. thing. He's looking for God to come down and do it. Yeah. He's sending people. That's why, you know, we say That's a good example. God puts people in our life for a season. It might be for a moment or not. Uh-huh. But pay attention to who he has put in your life or who's in your life right now because that can be your way of escape. Huh. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for support or for... Huh. You know, whatever, uh, someone to walk with you in recovery. Yeah. Pay attention to who he's put in your hmm. life. Because he works through people. Like yeah. He works through men. What were you going to say, Pat? I, I was just going to say, yeah, and it says that at the end of the verse, I think the Lord will deliver us. I know in my case, you know, the way of escape was getting into his word and trusting in his promises but it took time and he says so that you may be able to bear it and it takes time to mm. just get into it and start trusting it and then start walking out of mm. whatever it is you know addiction or yeah or, or there is a time factor there yeah you know but yeah there is a time factor and you have to bear it up. Yeah. Well, we, we say the truth will make you free, and it will, but making something takes time, and uh, we have to apply the truth, and that's good. Well, well, let's look at Zedekiah here. I gave you... Uh, his name means Jehovah is righteous. It's it's in the Bible 61 times. But I think there's three or four, maybe even five different Zedekiahs. No, maybe there's just two. I think there's two. But uh, he was the... Let's just read this together on your handout. The last king of Judah before its fall into the hands of the Babylonians... Zedekiah is classed among the evil kings. And I just got this out of um, that Lockyer's All the Men of the Bible. So I, I just kind of plagiarized here. I didn't, I should have given him credit here. Uh, he was the third son of Josiah. That's what Jim, Jim was saying earlier. Some of these kings are sons of Josiah. And 
Matanea was his original name, but upon his succession to Jehoiachin, Nebuchadnezzar named him Zedekiah. And I, I highlighted that on your page so we could look it up. Let, let's all look up the Second Kings 24. This this will be the last place we go today. I hope this is not boring to you. I mean, I. Um, I know for uh, Angie, and I don't want to make her feel bad, but uh, sometimes it's hard to know, did Moses live before Noah, and where did Abraham... So it's a little hard to get a timeline, but it takes things like this. I get so lost in the Old Testament. Yeah. There's so much info. And I have to... I'm so much better in the New Testament. I have to think too, uh, Sherry, I really do. No, I just kind of feel like... I kind of have to go back and... And think, okay, this happened, then that happened, and but Second uh, Kings twenty four. I did get a compliment on you this week, Jim. I'll share it with you, uh, Connie, Connie Martin. Oh, Connie, yeah. I I forget. She said she was reading. It was in the Old Testament. She goes, I sure wish Jim was here to explain (laughs) the history of this or something like that. And I thought, yep, you should have stayed here. (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) Second Kings 24. And I'll I'll read these, 17 through 20. Second Kings 24, 17 through 20 says... And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, his father's brother, king in his stead and changed his name to Zedekiah. So that's what we just said. Uh, And that's why on the board, uh, it's the same guy. And that's what it says here uh, that we just read, 17. Verse 18 says, Zedekiah was 20 and 1 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. So there's another Jeremiah. And he did that which was evil. And so that's what this book said. He's listed among the evil kings. He did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For through the anger of the Lord it came to pass in Jerusalem and Judah until he had cast them out from his presence that Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. So, like Jim said, uh, Nebuchadnezzar appointed him king and changed his name from Mataniah to Zedekiah. And instead of letting the people go to Babylon, he rebelled and said no. And, you know, we'd rather starve and go through the pestilence and die by the sword than to surrender. (coughs) And... uh, it was to his demise. And so uh, back on your handout here, what we know of him can be found in these passages as well as in several references and uh, in Jeremiah, which we're studying. And, and Je- Jeremiah prophesied during the whole of, of the reign of Zedekiah. And let her see here, as a ruler... This, this uh, book says Zedekiah lacked the three indispensable qualifications for leadership, namely 
poise, vision, and resolution, uh, he came to a disrupted kingdom, and while he meant well, Zedekiah could not keep his head amid confusion. Uh, vacillating, he lacked the courage to labor on with a resolute heart. He was easily persuaded to rebel against the Chaldeans, and under Jeremiah. Jeremiah's advice surrendered the city to the Chaldeans, and that's that's where we were uh, at uh, today. And letter D, uh, this troubled reign ended tragically. Zedekiah attempted to escape from the disaster that Jeremiah had predicted, but was overtaken and brought to Nebuchadnezzar, who slew the king, uh, the captive king's children before his eyes. Then blinded the king himself and sent him in chains to Babylon. And this says Zedekiah, however, died on the way. And and maybe we'll read that as we get a little further in Jeremiah. But so uh, that that's the end of Zedekiah. Uh, right before the Babylonians, you know, broke into the city, he kind of fled by night, and they chased after him, and they captured him. And uh, they killed his children right in front of him, and then they poked out his eye. They wanted that to be the last thing he saw was his kids dying. And so that that's what we're saying when we say no mercy. That That's pretty heartless, isn't it, to kill a guy's kids in front of him and then put his eyes out. So uh, I kind of forget what chapter that's in, but we, we will get there, and uh, we're out of time here. But uh, is there any other questions or comments? Mita, Leo, you guys are... Can you understand okay what we're teaching? Good. Good, brother. Well, uh, Leo, I'll I'll ask you to dismiss us today, brother, would you? If you pray for us in Spanish, it's fine. Gracias por todo lo que nos das todos los días, Señor, y que bendice que siempre vivimos en paz, Señor. Gracias por todo el mundo que tenemos en Cristo. Amén. 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 Amen. Were you signing off? All right. See you guys next week. Chapter 22.